0: Good morning. Our uh, reading this morning is taken from the book of John, chapter 5, and in the Pew Bibles it's on page 1068. It's a long one this morning, so I hope we've all brought some snacks with us, all right? So, John chapter 5. Some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse might happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself, he can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement he will show him even greater things than these. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over over from death to life. I tell you the truth. The time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of, God, of, of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is valid. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John, for the very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me and have life. I do not accept praise from men, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set." If you believe Moses, you would believe me, for He wrote about me. But since you do not believe what He wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Laura. Something which you should worry about as a citizen of the UK is the steady loss of authority of many people in power in our country. Right now, our politicians seem completely unable to enact meaningful change. In the church, the authority of our bishops and archbishops has been really dented by the trouble over blessings for gay couples in the last year or so. And one thing which follows from the loss of authority figures is the growth of more authoritarian figures. So think President Trump in America or Viktor Orban in Hungary. Here we have a particular brand of strong populist leader, but it's not the answer that you might be looking for. In our Bible reading this morning, John reveals Jesus as the true authority figure. He has the authority to deal with a paralysed man and the authority to do that on the Sabbath. And in the discussion afterwards, it's not really a discussion, is it? It's a long monologue from Jesus. He does not hesitate to put himself on a par with God. That is an absolutely revolutionary claim. And again, if if you're familiar with this part of the Bible, it might just... You might lack that sense of how revolutionary this is, but that's where we're going this morning. We're going to think about two things, Jesus' authority to heal and the Father's authority shown in Jesus. And we're going to have a bit of a think about what that might look like in our lives. So Jesus' authority to heal. So we find Jesus back in Jerusalem for an unnamed Jewish festival. He is at the pool in Bethesda. So verse 3 Uh, If you've got that open, it will help you. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. This is one of those places where that length of time isn't really explored, but 38 years this guy hasn't been able to get up. Jesus looks down at him and says, Verse 6, do you want to get well? On the face of it, that's quite a strange question, isn't it? You might think, Of course, he wants to get well. But perhaps you've met people who identify so closely with whatever issue it is in their life that they have, that to remove it would actually be overwhelming. There can be a cost to the level of change involved in going back to normality. You know, what's normal for this guy? It would be a whole new life. You know, when someone gets a prosthetic leg made for them because they've had a terrible accident, they can't always manage to get used to using it. I've known people who that's been the case and they just never walk again. And in fact, our disabled man has such a limited view of the world that he thinks the only way he's going to get well is to be in the pool at the right time. The end of verse 7. Look at that. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. It's just absolutely pitiful, the cry from this man. And Jesus' response is straight to the point and it demonstrates his, his authority to heal. Verse 8 Get up, he says, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. Now, I'm not a doctor, but this is the third of Jesus's signs it's called they're called signs at the wedding at Cana which is the first one where he turns water into wine then he heals the official son we didn't really explore that last week there was an awful lot to get through the thing about a sign is it points to something we've got signs up through the building they say various things um, the rest of the chapter makes it really clear that this particular sign is pointing to Jesus' authority to heal. All he needs to do is say the words, and this man gets up and is completely well. And now, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physio, but I know that someone who hasn't walked for 38 years who gets up and is sort of somehow well, isn't going to be able to walk on those legs. If you've been in hospital for a few weeks, your legs waste away. But these legs, which have been shriveled, wasted and useless on the spot in the moment, are able to support this man's weight and he walks around like a normal guy. It's a remarkable miracle for that reason. And so jesus speaks the word the muscles in his legs regrow in seconds and the man is immediately up and about so jesus has authority to heal so that's our first thought jesus's authority to heal and now we're going for the father's authority shown in jesus so if jesus has been revealed as having authority how will people react who are already in authority We don't need long to find out the answer. When uh, Laura read the words, the Jews, she was really talking about the Jewish leaders here. The Jewish leaders say to the healed man at the end of verse 10, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. It's a bit like sitting down for a delicious five-course meal at a michelin starred restaurant and saying, my napkin's the wrong color. It's just missing the point, isn't it? 38 years you've been sat there, you're walking around. You're not allowed to walk around. You can't carry that mat when you're walking around. Put that mat down. Unbelievable. In any case, they come after Jesus for breaking the Sabbath, verse 16. They're the ones in authority. They do not like the idea of another authority figure. Verse 17, Jesus says to them, My father's always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. The father's authority is shown in Jesus. And we spend the rest of the chapter unpacking this idea. Verse 21, for just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to, the, to whom he is pleased to give it. Jesus gives life on the father's authority. Verse 22, moreover the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Jesus judges on the father's authority. And there's an amazing promise in verse 24. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So Jesus points to both John the Baptist and to the Father himself as witnesses to him. And then he rounds on the Jewish leaders Verse 39, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And his conclusion is in verse 45, do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote... How are you going to believe what I say? Absolutely scorching criticism for people who would have been studying and reading the law of Moses every day of their lives. And Jesus is saying, You don't know what you're talking about. So the Father's authority is shown. In Jesus, And this is a really important point to take away, because if Jesus is an authority figure, which he says he is, if he's the judge, which he says he is, what about people who do not believe that Jesus was one with God the Father, as he says he was here? Muslims affirm that Jesus was a really important prophet, but they deny that he was one with the Father talking positively about Jesus and the claims he makes can be a really good way into conversation with Muslims. You don't need to talk about the Quran. You don't need to talk about uh, Muhammad or Allah. The, those can be really harmful ways in, actually. Talking positively about Jesus can be incredibly strong because Muslims believe that the Bible has been corrupted. They would say that what you're reading is not accurate. And we've got something to say to that. Uh, If you've ever done week one of the Alpha course, it talks about textual criticism, how reliable the Gospel accounts are. We have fragments of these accounts from about 200 AD and whole Gospels from before 400. So really soon after they were written, much, much sooner than any other ancient text. And we take all those other ancient texts as completely authoritative. This hasn't been corrupted. This is the real deal. That would be news to most of the Muslims you know. Something as simple as that. Jehovah's Witnesses affirm that Jesus was the Son of God, but they deny that Jesus is one with the Father. So if you talk to a Jehovah's Witness, they want to tell you they're Christians, they want to tell you that you believe the same things. You can say, actually, no. What do you think about John chapter 5? Really simple. If you've ever struggled to know what to say to a Jehovah's Witness, John chapter 5 is the only thing you need to remember to say. What do you make of this? And you'll get into a really interesting conversation. Now, when Jehovah's Witnesses call on your door, they tend to do it in twos. Have you noticed this? And there tends to be one older one and one younger. Now, I work from the assumption you're not going to be able to say much to the older one they're not going to be able to learn. They're so steeped in whatever it is uh, that they've been learning for all that time and hearing in that way of life. But the younger one, now you're talking, they've come along because they're sort of learning and they want to listen and see how this is done. If you can just put a stone in their shoe so that they go away and think, blimey, I've never heard it put like that and I I need to go back and have another look at that. I don't think I've got that quite right. You might just change their whole belief system in one short conversation. John chapter 5, the only thing you need to remember. Now, you may be very good at discussion. You may be very good at apologetics. I look out here, I see quite a few people who are very good at arguing with people. You might be good at taking on those arguments. You may only be able to just affirm Jesus' authority and take people to this account but whatever it is you can trust in the Father's authority shown in Jesus and maybe that's what you need today. The power which brought the lame man to his feet is there for every believer today through the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' people have access to that power And imagine what a powerful thing it would be if the people who call themselves Christians in this country and all over the world were to just say, we're going to claim that power for ourselves today and we're going to use that power. Jesus' people have access to his power. So pray for people in authority and those seeking authority. This year is the biggest year of elections in the world's history there are more people going and voting this year than there have ever been. It's a complete coincidence, but 2024, there are elections all over the place. So pray that God will raise up people who will inhabit that authority well. And if you, if, I mean, I, I, probably, I can't imagine I need to say it to you. Read the papers and pray for people in this country to come forward to, to actually take a lead who are able to do it. You can bring Jesus' authority into the sick person's life. You can point them to the power and the presence of Jesus. Do not be afraid to call on God for others. God gives Jesus' authority to his people. When you pray with a sick person, they are not always going to get better. If they did, we'd all be living forever, which is a whole other issue which you don't want to deal with. Um... But God intervenes in amazing ways in the lives of sick people, whether or not they physically get well. Now, I don't know if any of you carries a taser around with you. Perhaps you do. I hope not. But imagine if you lived or worked somewhere particularly dangerous and decided that you were going to carry one. So someone comes towards you. You're walking through whatever dangerous place it is. Uh, someone goes to attack you. If you're carrying a taser, it would be rather curious to just think, oh, do you know what? I'll leave it in my bag and just hope for the best. That would be a strange thing to do. You would get it out, you'd press the button, and they'd go zzzz, like that, wouldn't they? You would use the tool you'd been given, surely. If you find yourself in a situation, whether it's a conversation with someone, someone with a big issue needing healing, rely on Jesus' authority. Don't just listen to the person say, oh, you know, when they stir the water up, I can't can't get in because I'm not there in time. Someone gets in before, oh, look, I'm really sorry, see ya. That would be a really weird thing to do, wouldn't it? Even if you just pray on the inside, if it's not appropriate to say, look, can I pray with you? You can pray for that person. Pray for those opportunities to see Jesus work in power in your life. So to end where we started, Christians pray for the renewal of our public life with confident leadership from people of integrity. And we pray for those people who are hanging out, doing their level best, those people in the Metropolitan Police, for example, who are sacking dozens of people who've done the wrong thing who are having the courage of their convictions to follow through doing things a different way we pray for people of integrity a great prayer in an election year the the biggest election year in history Pakistan and Indonesia have already voted many many countries to follow including our own and I know that because we've started planning the cakes already uh, for this building but christians can always rely on jesus's authority both his words and his actions show us his power to save and to heal and those are things he wants to do in your life and in the lives of those around you today and you know what he might even be sending you to do them with him